Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your gifts. Today, I'm really blessed. I have a, a guest, Liam Naden, who's coming from, well, he'll tell you where he's coming from, but I'm grateful to have him. Welcome to the show, Liam. Hello, Kellen. Thank you very much for having me. It's a, an honor to be here. So I we got a chance to chat just a little, and I read a good bit of the, I, everything, actually, that you put in on the forum to come on and be a guest. And I'm, I have to say, I'm honored. I'm grateful for the work you're doing to help people with their relationships. I'm grateful for the work you're doing to help people understand their minds, their brains, and how to use them to live more fulfilling and better lives. And I, the first question I always ask, and I don't have a list of them, but first thing I always want to know is I define the ultimate life as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you uh, create by serving with your gifts. How, how would you define your ultimate life? Well, I guess another way of asking that question is what is the definition of success? And it turns out that all the research and, and study that I've done has shown that there is actually a single definition of success that is in agreement with all science, all psychology, all religion, and all spirituality. Everyone has, has come up with the definition of what success is, which is our life purpose, and that is to be happy. That's it. Everything else, when you think about it, is something that we think will give us happiness, even feeling purpose and, and meaning and all those sorts of things. And I do a lot of work, as I talked to you before, about how our brain works. And one of the things I overlooked when I was studying success, because I was always a person who was driven to be more successful and achieve more and do all these sorts of things and find out how to be the best I could be, I overlooked the fact we live that we're actually biological, as well as spiritual. We are we live in a biological, physical world, so we can't overlook the laws of nature. We are governed by the laws of nature. You know, if you if we don't think we are, then try and stop your heart beating or try and stop breathing for a while, and you realize we are governed by the laws of nature. And the law of nature about our body and who we are biologically says that our biological purpose is to be the best that we can be. And the best that we can be means being our happiest. When we are our happiest, we are being the best that we can be. That Because that influences not only our emotional life, but our physical life as well. So really, that's the long answer to the question. What's our, what is the purpose? It's to be happy. I love that. And I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit because I agree. We are happy. I've noticed with both clients I work with myself, that that state of happiness comes sometimes and it doesn't come other times. There are certain things that sort of go there and other things that don't. And I find at least that when I'm loving and serving people around me, that that sort of happiness is a, is a joyful outcome. And I, I'm 
curious about that. You say that we do our best, we are our best selves, do our best work and stuff when we're happy. I know there's a lot more to that. So I'd like you to unpack that a little bit. Tell me more what you mean by I do my best work. I'm my best person when I'm happy. Tell me more about that. Okay. Well, how I really started to think about this was when I, when I asked myself the question, what is our purpose for being here? Do we have a purpose for being here? And I, and, and, and a really good place to look was what I mentioned before. Look around in nature. We are governed by the same biological and natural laws as the rest of nature. You know, gravity applies to us. Everything to do, every law of nature, and you can be motivated and and think want to think differently, or you can pray, or you can whatever you like, but you can't overcome the law of gravity. And the other law you can't overcome biologically is the biological purpose of every living organism and living thing on this planet. And biologists will tell you that every living organism, its main purpose, its primary purpose is to seek to survive. And the way it does that is by striving to be, as I said before, striving to be the best it can be. Because when an organism is being the best that it can be, it has the greatest chance for its survival. So the purpose of every living organism is to be the best that it can be. And we have the same purpose because we're part of the natural world. We're wired in exactly the same biological way as every other living species. So our purpose, it's not that we just want to be the best that we can be. It's actually our biological purpose. Because when we are the best that we can be, as I said, we have the greatest chance for survival. And what does that mean? That means physically the best we can be. And it also means mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And you made a very good point there when you said when you're feeling loving and gratitude and happy and all of those things. The interesting thing is when you really think about that, what are you being when you are feeling loving, grateful, and feeling happy? You're, you're actually giving yourself the best chance to survive because it's in that state that you contribute the most to other people and you contribute to your own survival. You come up with better, more creative ideas and ways to improve your own life and improve the life of others. So this is a biological thing. We're all striving to be happy because that unlocks this um, ability to be the best that we can be, which gives us the greatest chance for survival. So, you know, this is a biological thing. It's, it's We're actually wired to be like this. But the really interesting thing, of course, is that most people aren't being the best they can be. So this, this puzzled me for a while because I thought if our purpose is to be successful, being the best that we can be, why aren't we? Because if you look at the rest of nature, most of nature is actually successful. You know, every, every living thing is being its best, doing playing its role, doing what it's supposed to do in its life. There's no stress. There's no struggle. We're the only ones who struggle and feel stress. And if you well, ask most people... Well, I'm going to ask you something. Hold on a second. I need to dig in here for a second. I, I love what you're saying, and I agree 100% and not accept, but I want to just get you to talk about something because you said we're, we're wired this way, and then you said we're wired exactly the same as all the rest of the biological organisms. So I'm not going to disagree with that. You know, there's heartbeats and circulatory systems and all the rest of it. If we're the same, why do we uniquely among all these species fail 
at making ourselves the best that we can be and therefore contributing to love and service and helping each other, whether you have an altruistic and spiritual view of that or whether you take the view of that contributes to increased chances for survival, either way, we still suck at it. So what what is uniquely stupid about us that we do this this counterproductive thing to be anything except the best we can be? I'm glad you asked that question because that's what I asked myself as well. But what I realized, what the answer is, is if you're to think about our biological existence and the, the biological existence of all of nature, has have we been given any tool or mechanism or apparatus or machinery to help us to be the best that we can be? Has, has nature been given? Has every organism been given something to help it to live its purpose? Because nature wouldn't have just given us this purpose without the mechanism to achieve it. And it turns out every living thing has been given a machine whose sole purpose is to make it survive and to give it the greatest chance for survival by being the best that it can be, and that is a brain. And we've been given a brain as well. The sole purpose of the brain is to make you the best that you can be so that you have the greatest chance for, for your survival. That's it's, it's a machine. That's what it's designed to do. That's its sole purpose. So once you accept that, the question becomes, well, what about problems? Why aren't we the best that we can be then? If we've got this machine that's designed to make us the best that we can be, and there's only one reason that that could be the case, and that is we're not using the machine the right way. I mean, if you think about any machine, think about a motor car. That's a machine that's been built with one purpose, and that's to get you from where you are to where you want to go. That's its purpose, That's and it's going to do that predictably, reliably, and enjoyably for you as the as the passenger or the driver. But if you but if the car doesn't get you to where you want to go, or if the ride is really uncomfortable, or if the, the engine's blowing up, or if it's doing all sorts of funny things, and you've if you've got in other words, if you've got lots of problems, there's only one reason. You're not driving it the right way. You're trying to maybe you've got the handbrake on and, and the, the accelerator, but if you don't know how to drive that car, it's not going to do its job properly. And it's not the fault of the, the machine, it's the fault of the driver. And that is the reason why most people aren't being the best that they can be, is they don't firstly realize that they have this machine that is designed to make them the best they can be, and they don't know how to drive it. And that's really what it comes down to. It's quite simple. The rest of nature knows how to drive their own brain machines. They drive it in quite a different way, as it turns out, to what we do. But that's on a logical, from a logical perspective, that's really the only reason why we don't get the results we want in our life. All right. Not so I'm not... right way. All right. So I'm going to agree with you. We don't use it right. Intrinsically, then, my cats and my dog, they somehow, because I have them and so I'm using them as examples, they know, they instinctively know and are using their both survival and enjoyment mechanism, the brain in a way that maximizes that opportunity, that takes advantage of the fact that when we are doing what we were designed to do, that the experience is enjoyable. And as you said, that the, the trip is fun and enjoyable. Fun is a whatever word, but anyway, the trip's enjoyable. And yet again, uniquely as humans, we seem to be, we are the only ones that either don't, don't know how to use the machine or we've learned a lot of 
uh, strange things about it, or we've ignored it, or we've misused it, or all of the above, so that we, by and large, like if you talk to people, and I'm sure you do in your line of work, and so do I, dozens a week, dozens of new people a week. The number of people who would say, are you happy? Are you really happy? Are you satisfied? Are you content deeply with your life? The number of people that would unequivocally answer yes are very, very few. And it's a you know staggering percentage. So what is there about us? That, why are we so poorly instructed? Why have we built a society that teaches us the wrong thing? And, you know, if, if nature designed all this to be, and or the divine, the creative intelligence designed it to be all this happiness, which I actually agree with, how come we have so much trouble finding the manual? Well, the funny thing is we've been taught we have one of the greatest manuals on how to use your brain um, that you could possibly imagine, and that's actually the Bible. I was brought up a Christian. I'm not a Christian anymore, but all of religion, and in particular explicitly in the Bible, it tells you how to use your brain in the right way to ensure that you are the best that you can be. But unfortunately, and without trying to get into conspiracy theories or whatever, there's a lot of benefit to certain people in society to make sure you don't use your brain the right way and you don't therefore be the best that you can be. Because when you're not the best that you can be, when you're not using your full creativity and your full awareness and your full um, motivation and inspiration, then you're actually much more able to be, um, should I say, controlled, manipulated, directed by authority or by people who want you to, be, or, you know, human behavior can be affected very greatly by people who understand how the brain works and how to get other people to act in a certain way that they might want them to to act. And that, you know, any organization, um, whether it be a religion or a um, political organization or whatever it is, or a corporation, a, a business, they know how the brain works and they know how to influence human behavior but they can only influence human behavior when they get people to use their brain the wrong way. And this really, and this idea of using the brain the wrong way, it isn't just a, a subconscious thing. We've been told all of the wrong stuff. Since the day we were born, we've been bombarded with all of the information about telling us how we should think and what we should do, which is all wrong, because it's the opposite of what it says in the Bible. It's the opposite of what spiritual and religious teachings have said throughout history, but somehow we bought into all of the wrong ideas. And and really that's why 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 most people are not happy. They think that this is the way you're supposed to think, the way you're supposed to use your brain, but it's in conflict with the truth. And it took me, you know, I spent many decades studying all sorts of things, as I said earlier, trying to learn how to be successful and struggling to be successful and be better. But all I ended up with, apart from um, outward success, was stress, problems. And I thought, this is no way to live. But then I heard, oh, no, stress and problems, they're a natural part of success. You have to overcome all of these adversities. But it's not actually true. And it doesn't say that in any spiritual or religious tradition either. And it's not how our brain is designed to function. So it's a bit of a um, contradiction. It's staring us in the face how to use our brain the right way. There's a manual there in all of religion and all of spirituality and very explicitly in the Bible. But we've also been filled with a whole lot of wrong information about how the brain works, 
and what it's and and how it's and really what its purpose is. Because how many people have ever heard that the, your brain's purpose is to make you the best that you can be, to make you happy, to make you being uh, having this amazing life? We don't even believe that. We're not even told that, but it is the truth on a biological level. So there's a an interesting thing. I thought you were going to stop when you said the biggest problem we have is that we think all yep. these other things. And you went on. I thought you were just going to stop there. The biggest problem that we have is that we think. And you could have put a period there. I don't know if you're familiar with Byron Katie uh, and her work, but she, she says it this way. She said the the biggest problem, the only problem that we have is believing our own thinking. And, you know, that's her way of saying that we create all these stories about everything in life and then we believe that they're true when they're actually not so in any way you said the biggest problem is that we have or we think and then you went on and finished the sentence but there was enough of a space there i thought it was a period and i was going to laugh and say maybe that is the biggest problem is that we think well where you i have a model for how our brain is constructed and how it works and it's something i've i've created which is based on science and biology mm -hmm. And there are actually four separate parts to your brain. One of them okay. is the brain. But these four parts of the brain, you need to use them the right way. Just like with a motor car that has various components, mm -hmm. if you use them the wrong way, you're not going to get the right results. So, so, so let's take this dive in. So tell me a little bit about the four paths to the brain and 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 what you've what you've learned and how you help people with this. Okay. Well, essentially, there are four separate parts to your brain and these are all physical locations and they've all got you know scientific terms and and all, and it's all backed up by science these are physical locations that have different functions different purposes for what to, for, for how to make your life the best it can be mm -hmm. but I've, I've i've really condensed it down into a simple model and simple language that people can understand but the first part of your brain is the one we just mentioned the thinking brain and the purpose of the thinking brain is to take all of the information that you gather in every moment of your life through your five senses so everything you see smell taste touch hear and any thoughts and any ideas it takes in all of this information the thinking brain does and it stores it there and it's like a big library or a database of all of your knowledge all of your experience everything that you've learned in your life that's the first part the second part is what i call your feeling brain or your emotional brain and this is responsible for how you feel on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And it can range from, you know, obviously love and gratitude and all those wonderful emotions to, at the opposite end, fear, anxiety, stress, and worry. That's handled by your emotional brain. The third part of your brain is your survival brain. This is actually located at the back of your head. Your thinking brain's at the top. Your emotional brain, your feeling brain is sort of just below the the thinking brain and your survival brain is at the back and what your survival brain is responsible for as the name suggests is your survival everything to keep you alive moment by moment without obviously thinking about it so it's all your heart you know everything to do with your heartbeat your organs your breathing and keeping your body going that's the purpose of the survival brain now there's a fourth part of your brain that science has only more quite recently discovered and realized it is actually a separate part of your brain and it's what i call your creative brain now the creative brain this is not your thinking brain this is the part of your brain where you get your inspiration from it's where you get new ideas 
It's where you get those aha moments and you suddenly think of something you've never thought of before. It's where musicians and writers and creative people talk about they suddenly hear the music and then they wrote it down. They didn't know mm -hmm. where it came from or they right. write a poem or whatever it is. So all your creativity comes from there. But your creative brain also is the part of your brain that gets you making the right decisions and stops you making the wrong decisions. It's the part where you have that gut feeling. You just know that something's right or, or, or not right. And it's also where all your motivation comes from. When you're motivated to do things, when you're really when you're really productive and, and people have described this creative brain or being in this creative state as being in the flow or being in the zone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mentions it and calls it enlightenment. But this part of your brain, your creative brain, is actually the part that's supposed to run your life because this is the part that makes you the best that you can be. It brings you all the right ideas. It tells you what your goals should be. You can see you have much higher awareness than you otherwise would. You can see, ah, yes, that's what I want. That's what I should be doing with my life. And you have this feeling of passion and excitement when you're in this creative state using your creative brain. And your creative brain also, you know, from a low level of awareness, we call that we we say things like, oh, that's luck or coincidence or synchronicity. But there is no luck or, or coincidence in this universe. It, it couldn't exist if there was. This is your creative brain at work. It actually has the power to bring to you the right circumstances and the right people. And when you meet somebody and you go, wow, how did I meet them? Or how did this happen in my life? Or what was this about? This is all your creative brain at work, trying to keep you in your best state where you're being your happiest. Because when you are creative, when you are resourceful, when everything's going well, you're happy. You're excited, you're grateful, you're loving, you're doing all these wonderful things. This is you being the best that you can be. And in fact, science has a word for this state. It's called homeostasis, which means the perfect functioning of the organism. Because when you're in this state, your body's also working at its best as well, giving you the greatest chance for survival on a physical level. But here's the thing. If this is the way you're supposed to live, and, and you are, you're supposed to live in this creative state, allowing and using your creative brain to run your life for you so that you are doing all the right things and being the best that you can be. But there's only one time when you're not supposed to be feeling really good and doing all these great things and being passionate and being the best that you can be. And that is when every now and then, and it's not very often these days, it used to be more common millions of years ago, but every now and then something might come into your life, into your environment, that is a threat to your survival. It's, it's something unexpected that could kill you, harm you, and, you know, is a threat to your survival. So we think back to, to prehistoric times, you're walking through the forest and a lion jumps out from behind the rock. So what happens then on a biological level is your brain recognizes that instead of you being the best that you can be and everything's going well and you should feel happy, your brain sees and recognizes a threat to your survival. And what it does in that instance is it activates something called the sympathetic nervous system. And we sometimes call this this uh, state that we go into the fight, flight, freeze mechanism. It activates this mechanism. And how it does that is it creates a sense of fear. So you feel that your brain says there's a danger. It alerts you to that by making you feel fear or anxiety, stress, worry, all those things. And then it activates the sympathetic nervous system. And what it actually does then is it redirects all of the energy from your brain and the rest of your body 
to get to focus on and eliminate that immediate threat to your survival, that immediate danger. So what does it do? It takes all, it literally shuts down your creative brain. And it, and it gets you to focus on one very specific and one negative thing and ask the question, where is the danger? So your brain shuts down its awareness and puts all its energy to look for a danger and to react. So if the lion is running at you, your brain is saying, there's the lion. What else is around? Is there a snake in the grass? Where are the dangers? How can I deal with this? And you just instinctively react. So you run away or you shout for help or you you know, stand and fight. You know what I'm talking about with all of this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, so in this, what, state, go this ahead. Is, this is really important because in this state, your brain is designed to instinctively react and deal with a, a threat to your survival. And then it sends you the message once you've got rid of the lion, sends you the message, everything's great again, go back to being in your creative state, go back to feeling happy, go back to attracting all the things you need to do and doing all the things you need to do. And, and, um, having a, a wonderful creative life. But here's the problem, if, forgive the pun, most people are feeling this fear-based state most of the time, and they're trying to, to design and create their life using this part of their brain. But this part of the brain is not there to design your life. It's not there to tell you what to do to be creative. It's not there to give you the right ideas. It's not there to bring you the right people and the right circumstances and, and for you to understand what your goals should be and what you should be doing. That's in your creative brain. That's all shut down. That's all blocked off when you feel fear, stress, worry, anxiety, because your brain is saying there's a threat to your survival. That's all we've got to focus on. So the big takeaway is if you're trying to create your life, if you're trying to solve your problems, if you're trying to um, be the best that you can be and you're feeling fear, stress, worry, anxiety, you can't do it. Your brain is not designed to do it in that state. And that's why people set the wrong goals. It's why they struggle. It's why they make all the wrong decisions. And I, I know about all this. I used to do all this sort of thing. It's why, it's why they're not happy and they're, they're trying. And it's why they're trying to figure out what they should be doing. And again, you mentioned using the thinking brain. You use the thinking brain in the wrong way when you're in the state because your thinking brain is not the part of your brain that knows what you want to be the best that you can be. But you can't access the part of your brain that does know when you're in the stress state. So you're going, Where's, what's the answer? I've got to find the answer. And you, you struggle and, and you're just doing it all. This is all the wrong way. So what you need to do, and you know, it says this in the Bible, I mentioned the Bible being the instruction manual. It says more than 360 times in the Bible, three words, be not afraid. And it's not saying be not afraid because it's a nice idea. This is an instruction. When you feel fear, when you are afraid, you are shutting down your creative brain and you are activating your sympathetic nervous system. And that's not the part of your brain that can, can create your life. So you've got to control your fear. Sure, when there's a lion coming at you, that's what it's there for. It's a wonderful mechanism. It's what it's designed for, is to get rid of the lion. But it's not designed to see imaginary lions all over the place all the time and keep you in that state and and um, create your life. It's so let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, because I want to make sure that we get this covered. Uh, so I understand that the stress mechanism, sympathetic nervous system, is there to protect us, and we have this survival brain. We have the storage and the thinking brain, and we did we talked a little bit about the feeling brain. But the creative brain is what's supposed to give us 
this key and we combining it with something you said way earlier, which is that there are people who manipulate or take advantage of this and keep us in this difficult, less creative, more manipulative manipulatable, I don't know if that's a word, manipulatable state to their own advantage or whatever. And uh, that's all, I understand that clearly. And so what I want to make sure we cover uh, is this. Since we know that that happens, since we know that we're trying to design a happy, a happy life from a place that it can't be done, and we live in this state of constant alert, what are the practices for someone who comes, as you said you did before, and I certainly know that place, from this state of inability to design happiness, constant stress, overload, using the wrong parts of the brain for the wrong thing? What are the things to do? Because if someone here heard you and believes every word you said, what are the things to do starting today to... Turn off the fight, fight, freeze, the survival brain, to not use the thinking brain for the wrong things, but to allow the creative brain to do its function and to learn to listen to those things. Because if we've lived in the other one for a long time, we may not even know how to hear it. So what do we need to do to make that switch? Well, there's three things you need to do, but can I just make the point and I'll say what they are, it's, it's, I think it's very important to realize that this isn't a quick fix. If you mm -hmm. want a quick fix, and quick fixes are a function of your survival brain. Because when the lion's running at you, you want a quick, you need a quick fix. What's the way to get rid of it? Fast. And you can, again, liken it to driving a car. Maybe, say if you didn't know how to drive a car, or if your son comes along and says, Dad, can I borrow the car to go to a party that's 100 miles down the road tomorrow night? Now, you'd say to your son, well, you have to learn how to drive it. And you don't need to spend a lot of time understanding it, but you need to understand what the various parts are and you need to practice it. And your son says, okay, well, that's all well and good, but look, there's a party tomorrow night. Just give me a couple of quick tips that I can do right now that'll get me to the, <laughs> the party right. tomorrow night. And, it, and, it, and you're just going to say, it doesn't work like that. You know, this idea that, yes, you can just hop in and it's easy. So the first thing you need to do, like with a car, is you need to understand how it works. And this is why I've created this model of the brain, because when people start to understand, they go, it's a bit like with a car, you go, well, now that I know how it works, why am I keeping the handbrake on when I'm trying to go somewhere? Or why am I standing behind the car trying to push it to where I want to go when I, it's just not the way it works? So you need to put some effort into understanding how your brain works, because when you do, you can see, well, there's no other way to use it than the way that makes it work. And that leads you to the second two things to do. And, and I, I, I can't emphasize enough the importance of getting some understanding, understanding mm -hmm. of how, you are, how your brain works. But the second thing you need to do when you realize that fear, anything that makes you feel bad is activating the wrong part of your brain. And from that part of you, your brain, you're finished. You can't, you, you simply can't get to where you want to go if you've activated that part of your brain. So what does that tell you? That tells you your main mission in life is to stop anything that makes you feel bad come into your life. And that means turn off the, the uh, news article or, or whatever it is that's making you feel bad. 
Stop having that conversation with that person who make, that's making you feel bad. Stop talking about that subject or even thinking about that subject that's making you feel bad. Get rid of that part of your business that's not working, that's causing you all that stress. Get rid of that employee. Get rid of that job. Get rid of that relationship. And people say, oh, you can't do that. You've got to be realistic. With all my problems, I can't just throw it all away and, you know, get divorced and give up my job and go and live under a bridge or whatever it is. You know, what happened to me, I lost everything when I was in my mid-40s. I went from being a multi-millionaire to sleeping on my mother's sofa in her, in her small apartment. So I was forced to do this. And I can, I can say, and I know this for, for a fact, you, you mightn't think you have a choice, but you do. Everybody has a choice as to what they put in their life and as to whether they allow something that makes them feel bad to come into their life. Because it's a little bit like if someone comes along to you and says, here's a glass of this new wonder drink called hydrochloric acid. Have a drink. And you go, hang on a second. I'm not going to drink that. And they say, why not? And you say, well, because it's going to damage me. It'd probably kill me. And they say, oh, no, no, you know, if you if you believe and if you th think positive thoughts and you're really motivated, it won't harm you. In fact, and everyone else is talking about that it's this new great, great new drink. You're going to say, look, I don't care if my old granny comes along and tells me, begs me to drink it or she'll kill herself or she'll, you know, be very upset with me. I know the effect it's going to have on me. It, and so there's no way I'm going to drink that stuff. And that's what fear does to you when you allow it into your life. It activates the wrong part of your brain. So when you realize what's at stake, and that comes from understanding, the more you understand how your brain works, the more you realize, you know, there's no justification. Whatever it is, you've got to do it. It's like you've got to stop drinking the hydrochloric acid. So you're going to look very carefully at what's in your environment and say, what can I start to eliminate that makes me feel bad? And all of the things I mentioned. So that's something very practically you can do. Now, most people won't do that because they don't have the understanding, the first thing, to realize how important it is to do that, the effect that it has on their life, the fact they will never be, be able to live to their full potential if they allow that part of their brain to, to sort of live their, life for, live their life for them. So what and I've the got, well, I want to get to the third one. I want to make sure I'm clear with you. What I've got so far is it's not a quick fix. I've got to get some really good understanding of how it works so that I won't pretend that there's just a couple of tips here and there and really got to understand how it works. And the second thing I heard you say is realize that I have to take whatever actions are necessary to eliminate the stimulus, the stresses, the conversations, the business, the activities that keep me in the state of fear and anxiety because as long as that part's running, I can't really make good decisions or design anything well. And then you were just getting ready to tell me the third part. I just want to make sure I got part one and two squared away. So go ahead. Yes. Well, the, well, the third part takes perhaps a little bit more work. And that is if you stop putting the wrong fuel into your machine, if you stop putting the hydrochloric acid into the engine, you might stop doing that. But of course, there's already a lot of gunge already in the engine. Because the reason your brain, taking it back to the brain, that you know, you might stop negative things coming into your life, but sometimes you're going to feel negative and your brain is going, and the reason for that is your brain already has ideas that you've put in there about what is dangerous for your life. So for instance, you hear that the stock market goes down and you feel all stressed. What's happening on a biological level is your brain is interpreting that and saying that's a threat to your survival. That's why you feel bad. 
So you have to do some cleaning out. You have to start to retrain your brain a bit to see the difference between a real threat, a real danger, the lion, and things that are just imaginary threats, just things that it's made up through your lifetime of of all of this stuff coming into you, telling you how your life is is um, fragile and the world is dangerous and there's lots of problems and there's all and all these sorts of things. We've been programmed to believe all of these things, which aren't true, but we think they are, or should I say, our brain thinks they are, and that's why it's making us do the wrong things. So you have to do that sort of retraining, if you like, and I've actually created a process for that called neurostate rebalancing which helps you to clean out the, you know, recondition the engine as it were. But it all starts with understanding and it all starts with stopping putting more bad stuff in that's going to make you live in the wrong brain state. All right. So here's here's what I want to do. Um we're we're at we're at we're at our time right now. I want to make sure two things. I'm going to summarize my understanding of this and then I want you to tell us how to get a hold of you or find more about this. That Number one, understanding the brain. We spend a long time being taught wrong things, and we need to understand how it works. Number two, then we need to stop putting in bad fuel, or whether it's real stuff or uh, the stuff we're conditioning ourselves to believe. Like you said, stock market goes down. That's just an event, but I believe it's bad, so I create the same mess in my heart as if it were actually bad. It's made up. And number three, then I need to clean out and rebalance my brain and train it differently. And you mentioned neuro, I think you said neuro state rebalancing. What I'd like you to do is tell our listeners how they can find out more because, you know, in our 30 minutes here, we're obviously only touching the surface of the work that you've created and the value that you bring. So did I get that right? And how do we find out more? Yeah, that's perfect. And everything um, about all of this is on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. And I've got a podcast there in which I explain a lot more about how the brain works and how we're supposed to operate and you know how we're supposed to get the results we really want in life. Tell us it's more. All... Where's the podcast? I want people to be able to find you. What's the name of the podcast? The podcast is called Using Your Brain for Success. And it's all the episodes are on my website as well as all the, the other platforms. But they'll find right. it there on my good no I, I i want people to to follow you and of course in in our short episode we're not going to even begin to cover all the work that you've got in your episodes and the work that you've done uh, liam i want to thank you for the both the work that you've done i want to honor you for the change that you made after the dramatic circumstance that moved you from wealth and chasing the wrong things to sleeping on your mother's couch back to creating a powerful thing that's of value to me and to other people to follow it. Thanks for being with us today. And I want to encourage people to take a look at your stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. It's been a great pleasure. All right. Excellent. So I want to encourage all of you listeners, <clears throat> take this seriously because believing things that are wrong for a long period of time, you can think conspiracies or you can think manipulating people, or you can call it the devil. I don't care. But using it wrong creates this negative stuff and moves you as far away from living that life of happiness, purpose, and joy that we've talked about. And there are tools and dedicated people like Liam who have dedicated their time and life to help us fix, repair, and rebalance, as it were, those things in the pursuit of creating your ultimate life. Why open your heart? Time around.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your